The greatest act of courage. The greatest act of courage is to be and own all that you are. Own all that you are. Without apology. Without apology. Without excuses. Without excuses. And without any mask to cover the truth. Cover the truth of who you truly are. Who you truly are. Cover the truth of who you truly are. Okay, opening prayer. <laughs> oh, no. Please. Don't put that in. No. Anyways, welcome to Sammy Podcast. <laughs> uh, so, as the patriarch again, I will. We're gonna do that as the <laughs> for everyone. No, someone's supposed to yell at me eventually and say, "Stick <laughs> up your butt, Dad! I'm taking over." Shove it up your wazoo! I don't have anything to say. So, Maddie, go. Who's gonna lead us? So, I just want everyone to know that all of the women, finger to their nose. And Zach didn't, so Zach, go ahead. You're, uh, you're leading us out. <laughs> no? Alright, fine, say, I'll do it. Just say hi, welcome to the podcast. Anyways, I'm gonna hand it over to Dad. Dad, how are you? Dad, how are you? I'll be conducting today. Um, welcome, one and all. This is Walk a Mile in Our Shoes, and today's topic is going to be sex. Drugs and rock and roll. You guys are not fun at all. Oh, I was so confused. I was like, I didn't know. I totally prepared wrong. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Walk a Mile in Our Shoes, the Walker family. On our first topical podcast, we did the one before about introducing us all. This is our first topic. And the topic we've chosen today is the LGBT um, issue. And the reason we chose that is because it's very relevant to who we are today. And it's very relevant to our story. And a lot of the way that we view things is filtered through that issue. We thought we'd start with this one and then move on to a couple others that are very relevant to us. Uh, we thought we'd start with, with Thornton today. In the previous podcast, we talked, I talked a little bit about my, my upbringing, um, how it was very uh, conservative and black and white in, in the thinking, LDS thinking. I, I always remember any, any time that, um, gay would come up, marriage, um, AIDS. I remember the AIDS crisis and I did a paper on why, why AIDS is so bad and it's all cause you're gay. And, and then I remember like having, I don't remember having gay friends, but I remember having friends that had gay friends. And I would always not understand why someone would want to be gay. Why, why would you want to do that? It, it, it wasn't rational to me. And then, and actually in, in my teen years, um, at about 18-ish, 17, 18, um, I did get a gay friend, but I didn't know that he was gay and he didn't necessarily know that he was gay either. A lot of gay tendencies. I teased him. Not, not a lot, not in a bad way, but in a, in a good brotherly way, I thought. And he's never given me crap since then, but, but then, um, and, and he got married, um, uh, in the temple, had six kids at about their 15 year marriage markish, somewhere right around there. He decided he couldn't do it anymore and he came out as gay and he left his wife and kids and, uh, a transition and, and hopefully I, I want to have him on eventually at some point. I think that would be a fantastic podcast with him and his journey. When he came out, um, he was my first real gay friend. And, and I remember I didn't turn my back. I did. I, I essentially turned my back on him. 
I told him that I loved him. I, I, I used that same old, dude, I love you, bro, but I, I hate you. I, I mean, I hate the sin. I love you, but I hate the sin type thing. And, and at the time that it made perfect sense to me. It, it resonated to love him, but hate what he's doing. And the, the crazy thing is, is looking back now, I, there's, there's no way to separate that. I loved him still, but I distanced myself from him. And, and we didn't talk that much anymore. And, and he didn't reach out to me. The one time that he did come and we, we hung out for a couple of days. We just really didn't talk about it. Um, he tried a little bit and, and I did for the most part. I just, I just didn't want to talk about it. And then I didn't see him again for another two or three years. In that meantime, I started my faith crisis and struggled that. And then like a month later, after I started my faith crisis, I think Maddie started my, my second oldest daughter started to kind of just go downhill. And, and I could tell there was something going on in the family that I didn't know. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that there were things not being talked about. I think Brenda told me to go talk to her one yeah. night. Yeah, it was a night and it wasn't, I didn't, well, let me back up <laughs> because Maddie came out to me uh, about three weeks before that night. So who did Maddie come out to first? Hannah. Hannah. How many? I came out to Maddie before she came out to me. Mm-hmm. And I then was she like, bro, oh, I think I'm gay. Yeah. She was like, and then me I too. Up. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, right. <laughs> she was like, you're just copying me. And I was like, because, right. I mean. So when did this happen? Because I didn't know that. It was kind of around that same time, around like the beginning of 2016, maybe. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I thought you came out to me like about, yeah. I mean, like a couple months before. So I was, oh, well, yeah, maybe. When you guys admitted it to each other, how did you feel? Did it did it help to know that you were in the same boat? Mm-hmm. Did it did it I was seem like, wow. real? Did it? <laughs> I mean, I mean, a lot of things made sense, but it kind of caught me off guard too. With Maddie? Yeah. At first, I was like, oh no way, and then I was like. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was weird uh, for me because Hannah was like, "Oh no, you're just copying me. You have a bunch of friends who are gay too, so you're just copying them. It's just wow. the environment that you're in." And I was like, "Oh, okay, you're right. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's totally it." I only thought that for a little bit though. And you didn't tell me like that you only thought that for a little bit, so I thought it for a long time. I was oh, like, "Yeah, no. that's right. That's it. Wow, okay. It's okay. No, 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 it's okay. We do." The best we can with what we have. And, and that, that was my mindset kind of thing. You know, if you, if you hang out with the gay people, it, it becomes okay to be gay. It's contagious. It's contagious. Exactly. But anyway, I, so I went and I talked to Maddie and she came out to me. Everyone was very scared in the family. They already all knew, <laughs> except for me. And everyone was very scared of what I was going to do because I was, I was very anti. Um, and, and I think that stemmed both from a religious, but also a scientific, if you will, too, in my limited knowledge of what the scientific was. And, and, and the scientific part, I mean, is procreation. I mean, nature, dude, duh. We, two dudes can't do it. Two girls can't do it. It's gotta be a boy or a girl. Makes sense. <laughs> then couple that with all of the religious rhetoric that it's bad. God has made it a sin. We're not supposed to do it. Bible more prophetic. I think latter day prophets, um, more so I believe than scripturally. As I started my faith journey, it was easier to, I think, roll the gay 
the LGBT side into my faith crisis and accept it. And on, on one hand, that, that does make me question a lot of, you know, God's overall plan. Did he know I was going to need that? Did he know I was going to need the faith crisis to accept and, and love my daughters instead of throwing them out of the house? And so I'm very grateful for my faith crisis, if for nothing else, that alone. Completely agree. <laughs> As it came home to where I, I, I needed to reconcile where the gay issues fit into my life, especially for my children, I started to just do a little study on my own. And when I started doing that study, um, I listened to a couple of podcasts on, on the scientific reasons for why, why naturally the gay gene, if you will, is, and, and they've identified it, apparently, if you believe science. <laughs> that was sarcasm if you, if you didn't get that. Why naturally the gay gene is there and why naturally being gay is part of God's plan. Otherwise, I think in nature, it wouldn't be there. If God didn't want to be there, it wouldn't naturally be there. If he truly is the creator of all things. And so I started to scientifically dive in and, and to try to understand it. And then also, um, I went and hung out with my best friend, um, who's, uh, the gay dude I talked about earlier. And I, and I asked him questions and I was with him for three, four days. I can't, I can't remember now, but, and I, and I asked him questions. I think that normally you wouldn't be able to ask because it's just inappropriate. And, and I just asked him, you know, why, why are you attracted to, how are you attracted to what, what does it feel like, especially with him being previously married and, and having sex with a woman? What's the driving force? How could you, how could you do that, but not be attracted to her? And now, and his answers were fascinating. And, and he helped me to understand that even though he had the choice, he fought the gay side his whole life and he pushed it down and he, he kept that part of himself from being able to be free, which also kept him from being able to be his true self. He suffered with a lot of depression. Oh, very much depression. He's, he's the bi, what's the worst bipolar in the whole bipolar Uh, three? I don't even know if that exists. Manic or bipolar manic. He's one. Yeah. He's off his rocker. (laughs) Just kidding, bro. He's taking meds. He's fine. He's totally fine. (laughs) He struggles a lot. And, and I think part of that struggle with him is the love that he wants to have from his family. And it's taken, it's taken years for them to even talk to him and accept him. And even, even some to this day don't that much. And that's painful. It hurts. And so when I went and saw him, I apologized, you know, profusely and he forgave me. And that pretty much brings us to current. Yeah. Just, and, and, and the fact I, I look back over that journey and, and it amazes me how fast once, once I started to look and once I started to ask questions, how fast my viewpoint changed that, that it was almost night and day from where I hated gays to it, it's fine. Make your own choice. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I right. can't do that. It, it's not within my rights to tell you how to live your life. Exactly. I remember you coming home one night from work, having listened to a podcast about a oh, yeah. person's story. Was that, that was main? I'm not sure it was, uh, but I think it was on John Delin, one of his earlier podcasts. Really? I didn't ever, I didn't ever find out. I thought it was Bill Real, but anyway. And it, it may have been. I but can't you remember. came home and it was, it was like a, you had, you'd been able to put another face on it. 
Because that was before you went to see Mike. I don't know. I And I think that's partly you. The problem is that so many people just don't know anyone and don't have that personal connection to them that it affects. And so it's this nameless, faceless yeah. issue that they don't have to think about. And put, But putting a face on it and putting a personal story on it is what needs to happen. That's why we're so fierce about educating now. And, and, and that's, telling our story, even though it's hard sometimes. And, and that's and that's what I did with Mike, so that I didn't have to deal with it. I just I just cast him off. Yeah. It was easier yeah. to not have to look at him. I want to commend you a little more. I don't know why, because I'm so proud, <laughs> and I feel bad for not having more faith in you, because you had been changing already um, before we found out about Maddie, and so I should have I should have known. Such a good dad. I should have known. It was scary because there were times in the past when they were little that you basically said you. I did. Would would. I'd throw them out. Throw them out. You know, I was still fairly terrified about your reaction, and so I didn't tell you. Plus, you know, I didn't know much about you know the, what it feels like to be gay, and I didn't know if it was Maddie's place to tell you. I was still learning all of that, but and you. She didn't even have to come out, right? You, you guess. I was going to let her tell that side. Oh, well, let's move <laughs> on. Um, I don't, I talked so much about this last time that I don't know if I have, but just a recap, I guess, in some in case someone didn't hear the first sure. episode. But, um, ever since my teenage years, I've, I've known or felt that we don't have, like you said, any right to tell anybody who to love and who to marry. And I disagreed with the church on this issue for, as long as I can remember, um, and we would just stay quiet about it. I do remember, I don't think I talked about the Prop 8 years on the last one, but as an example, I we were asked in Nebraska to go door to door, I guess, signatures, was it? Or just, yeah. Uh, yeah. And we had little kids, and I totally passed it off. I don't remember saying why, but I flat out refused to do it. And I, I think I passed it off with, I don't want to, I'm not comfortable going door to door, I don't want to talk to people, or, or you go with, and I'll save the kids. <laughs> what was it? Proposition 8 in California. They was trying, they were trying to prohibit gay marriage, and they asked church members to help. No way. You know, you were, we were asked by our church leaders, and a lot of members who now, I, I know several now who are fierce, advocates and allies and part of Mama Dragon and wonderful people who did participate in Prop 8 and did try to help the church to fight gay marriage. And they have had to deal with a lot of regret over that. Oh, I, I did. I, I went and got the signatures. And I, and I remember that. I meant to kind of talk about that. I remember going the door to door in my little section that I was supposed to go knock on the doors. And, and when someone... When someone would refuse and I would ask why and they tried to explain to me, it was, in my mind at the time, it was laughable that they were trying to explain it that way, the way that they were pretty much what I just did. But also, it was uncomf- uncomfortable for me as well to, to have to look at them and then them look at me and then me tell them, I, this is why it's, you know, God is told, said no. And, and I remember feeling that being uncomfortable. Yeah. What were the signatures for? To ban gay marriage. Like, so it was like a... Petition? Petition. Oh. Law. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and it failed. That's gross. 
Yeah, I don't remember the history. I think it passed and then it got overturned. But, yeah, and the, the fact that the church participated in that is one of my biggest issues. <laughs> so that's my my history. And I will just, um, I think Maddie's going to go next. So I'll, I'll just preface this with Maddie has always, I don't know how much you're going to say, Maddie has had depression issues for as long as we can remember early. And it was always in the back of my mind, could she be gay? But, you know, there were boy, there were boys and <laughs> not a whole lot of crushes or anything, but it was definitely in the back of my mind, but you just, you don't, you don't out someone who's not ready to be outed. So, anyway, I wish I'd done more to prepare our family for, for that. <laughs> It would have been hard fighting <laughs> this brick wall. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's all right. Like I said, you do, we also remember that we, <clears throat> you do, you do the best you can with what you have, and when you know better, you do better. Yeah. We are good, good examples of that. I would agree. Maddie, um, just because it's more chronological, even though Hannah came out first. Apparently. <laughs> the story of our of our last year and a half journey does um, start more with with Maddie, so we'll turn the time over to you. One of the very first memories that I have of um, just like talking about uh, being gay and such was um, a pretty clear memory of being in church and looking up at my dad and as a, as a very little kid and asking why they were saying all that stuff about gay people and who even are gay people. And my dad explained that lesbian is girls who love girls and gays and gay is boys who love boys. And I asked again why they said all that and why are they bad? And he said they aren't bad and it's okay to be gay as long as you don't do gay things. Which always kind of stuck in my head. Just don't do gay things. Don't look at them that way. Don't hold hands. Don't kiss. Don't have sexual interactions. I always took it at I also took it as um, saying I'm gay was doing a gay thing, um, even saying it in my head. So maybe that's why it took me so long to realize that I'm gay, but I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> and although it took me a, a while to realize that, it took my dad way less time to realize it, apparently. Every time I was sad and my dad would talk to me, he would always mention that him and mom would always love and accept me no matter what. And I thought they were just reminders, like all parents do. But uh, another clear memory I have was laying in my bed crying one night, and my dad came in to talk to me. He pushed me over, and we laid side by side. And um, and I was still crying, so he started talking. And he was telling me about his best friend, who was gay, and about their very close friendship and how they can and do tell each other anything. And then said again that I can tell him anything, but this time mentioned that even if it's that I'm gay, and then just, or if you stole something, or this and this, and so it's like, oh yeah, he's already told me this, it's just a reminder. But as he was leaving, I was why did he include the gay part? I'm not gay, why did he even say that? <laughs> um, but ever since that night, it kind of made the ball start to roll in my head. Um, about wondering if I was actually gay. 
And even though that's made me, uh, start to seriously think about it, I was still scared to tell him. Even though he said to me multiple times, I'll love you no matter what, I was just, I knew things that he didn't really like gay people, you know? And I just didn't know, I was like, he, I don't know. I knew he'd love me, but I knew that it would be hard for him to, I guess. That's what I thought, at least. And so, um, so the first person that I came out to was my sister, as we already said. The second person I came out to was my therapist, and the third was my mom. When I came out to her, I was in a really bad place. I actually came out to her on the way home from a business meeting in Castle Rock, because she had to take me with her because I was too unstable to be home by myself. So when I came out to her, I was quietly crying, terrified of what she would say. Uh, and she answered, like, with watery, I guess, just, which scared me even more, and said, Honey, I don't care if you're having sex with dogs as long as you're alive. <laughs> Followed soon after with a quiet, please don't have sex with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and he laughed about that, but sat in the car in the driveway, um, talking, and uh, she told me, again, the just don't act on it thing, which kind of hurt, honestly, because I'd been told that forever and that I, that I actually came out, I was told it again, but now that I, like, know is because she was scared that my dad would do something, since she, she was only the third person that I came out to, so she was like, just don't have a girlfriend laying low for right now. It's like, why is she saying that? Yeah, well, let me, I probably never explained why, why I said that, because you were, you were in such a bad place, mm-hmm. and you were so unstable, and it was scary to me to think of you getting into this involved relationship where you get attached to somebody when you were so mm-hmm. unstable, and it's all, that's all I meant, was just, let's get you healthy first. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a lot of hope that you coming out and us immediately trying to make sure you knew that we loved you would would help mm-hmm. your your mental state. Yeah. <laughs> and so sorry I didn't explain that that night because I didn't mean to make you feel just be gay but don't don't be gay. Yeah. <laughs> it was no, it fine. was just a concern of I am really scared of where you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no. <laughs> um, one of the reasons that I actually accepted it um, and started coming out to people was because I saw this really pretty girl at school, and I was like, like all my life, I was just like, oh, they're pretty, you know. I just want to be friends with them. I think that they're cool. But then uh, I saw her, and I was like, wow, wait. That's not I want to be friends with someone. That's how other girls get when they look at boys. <laughs> hmm. And so that was... And once I actually realized that, I was kind of scared. Again, that scared feeling. So I was like, that's not normal. I don't... Like, that's not a thing that happens. But luckily, all of my friends... Turned out to be a, be a little gay at least, <laughs> and so it was a very loving community because you know the gays just kind of find each other. Yeah, 
just get it a little hard. So even before we knew any of us were gay, we were just, it was a loving community where we knew we could talk to each other and everything. Did I ever come up to you? Okay, that's what I thought. I was like, that would suck really bad if I just forgot coming out to my dad, but I remember being scared and asking you to tell him. No, the what happened? So, I don't know if the same night when I snuggled up to you is out of chronological order, or if I did that twice, Mm -hmm. but what I remember is your mom, when I could start to see that there was stuff going on that I didn't know about, that, that I needed to... I need to have a talk with you. Mm-hmm. And your mom sent me down there. <clears throat> and I'm not sure how long we laid there, but it seemed like a long time. Mm-hmm. And I did all the talking, and I told you some stuff mm-hmm. about myself and my past so that you would know that you could tell me anything. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I remember asking you or pretty much telling you that I was okay that you were gay. Okay. And that that was where I think you came out to me, but I I pretty much told you I don't care if you're gay. Okay. It's fine if you're gay. Yeah. Do you remember that mm-hmm. night? Yeah. I feel like I might have just had it mixed up in my head and you said that, but I thought that you didn't know yet, and that's where I was like, Why did he say that? You don't know I'm gay. I'm not gay. He doesn't, know, he doesn't even know that. I don't know. Well and I remember I remember you you turning over and looking at me like Oh, and you actually even said, did mom tell you? And I went, no, mom didn't tell me. Oh, okay. I remember that because I had <coughs> and you guys were crying. And you yeah, were no, on the loft bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man, and Matt, you were on the loft bed, and I was like, you guys okay? And then I think you guys, were, I think dad said, he was like, how long did you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And That's I was oh, like, yeah. yeah. I knew for a while, and then I was like. Oh, man, my memory's so Mom and I talked, and we both kind of cried about it. Oh, we oh, met yeah. in the we met in the family room, and you guys were still in the bedroom, and I came out. Where was I during all of this? I don't know. You it were was probably late. crying in your It was eye. late, because... We shared a room, though. Yeah, you so were she like your own room. Well, I sent, I sent you down, not because of that, but because... You were in one of those states where you wouldn't say a word. Mm-hmm. Remember and she how didn't. I did do all yeah, the talking. It was yeah. one of those dark, dark times when you would not. Dad has just got away. You know, a lot of times I could gather you up on my arms and you would break down and cry and then start talking, but it, that didn't even work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just go see if she'll talk to you something. I don't. Like, I can't go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Worried so much about her right now. And so that's why I sent you down. I didn't. I didn't know that the that would come out. <laughs> but I came out. I left. Did I find out? I came down, found out, then went back in the family room downstairs, and Hannah and I saw each other in the family. And I was just—I don't think I told you this, but I was just sobbing. <laughs> I don't think I told Dad. Oh, I was like, I knew because I could see how well it went, and I could see that it was better than I ever could imagine. <laughs> And I was just sobs of relief. And Hannah and I hugged, and I'm like, oh my god, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> so. Okay. Makes a lot more sense. <laughs> because I remember you have said that to me, though, in the past. She's like, I don't care 
I don't care if you're gay, I don't care if you stole this thing, I don't care if you did this and this. And I was like, why does he always include that part? Like, <laughs> I'm not gay. So I must have confused that. But now that you said that, and then you said that, how long have you known? I remember that. Gosh, I wish my memory wasn't so bad. <laughs> yeah, well then we just immediately went to work. Just doing anything and everything we could do to make sure you knew that we loved and accepted you. But it, I, like I said, I really had, we both had a lot of hope that things would turn around and that, mm-hmm. and that you would start to improve. But the, I think the damage was already done because... No, and that's, I think that's why I forgot that is because I have to think, have things written out to yeah. remember to say stuff. So I might, like, even after the podcast is done, just be like, oh, I forgot to say this really important thing. Or I forgot that this part went with this part. Sorry. Well, the... I didn't forget. I just forgot some parts. The thing is, is that I, I, we wanted to hit our feelings on the policy. Uh, having pieced the timeline and in therapy and things, we figured out that it was right after the policy came out mm-hmm. that you had your first major breakdown. Yeah. It was about less than, about three weeks later. I, right? I had already come out to you guys. No. No? Okay. No. I was like, no, I don't think so. you yeah, from what you've it's been scrambled. able to piece together, you told me that that Sunday the day in church there was a lesson mm-hmm. on the policy and the proclamation and everyone was gay is bad you Mm -hmm. know and then it was that night if you remember right that you broke down over your math homework Mm -hmm. and that's the night that yeah remember yeah (laughs) pieced all that together and that was the very worst you'd ever been it was pretty bad that was the night you found her crying Man, sorry guys. <laughs> I wish that I was more prepared so that I would have remembered all this. That's right. That's why we're doing it together, right? Correct me. Um, but I we didn't know you. We didn't know. Yeah. We didn't know that's what was wrong. And I don't even know if you know if that was what was wrong. You thought it was math this whole time, and you yeah. told me that you felt stupid for. <laughs> yeah. I. So it was. Yeah. That church, and they were. They gave us like this proclamation. They put it was like a. Uh, laminated so that we could like no there was, there was like extended parts from it so we could write out notes and stuff yeah. and they were like with the whole uh gay marriage thing being like voice no that wasn't then no was it it was Are gay marriage know? already legalized yeah Go yeah okay okay let's make sure gay marriage being legalized everything is so rad and i just want you guys to remember that this thing happened and that you guys have to stay strong and blah 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 and I was just sitting there and I was mad and I didn't really know why I was mad I was like those people don't get to have that they don't oh it just made me so mad and on the way home you guys were talking about it um in the front seat me and Hannah were talking about it and we were just so mad like so angry so mad we could see each other's faces and I could feel in my heart like my heart was burning it felt like it was on fire I was like (sighs) with the Holy Ghost yes it was the Holy Ghost it was there it was in my heart telling me that that was right that was supposed to happen Anyways, sorry, that's <laughs> So I was very emotional already, and then I remembered that I have to do my math homework. So I was emotional again. 
So yeah, this whole time I did think it was Matthew, but... <laughs> Poor Matt. Matt took the, <laughs> took the blame. <laughs> so I was sitting there doing math homework that I forgot to do, and I was stressing out because I didn't know how to do it. And I was sad, so I was just doing my homework in the dark. And I wasn't turning on any lights. That's not gonna help. So <laughs> just sitting there crying, trying to do my homework with watery eyes, and then I just threw it. And I was very angry and very sad. And I was just after I had thrown my homework, I couldn't move. After that, I had myself curled into a little ball, and I couldn't move. The only thing that I could move were my eyes, and they were just darting across the room, looking at everything and seeing like. Just imagining very clearly in my head what I could use to hurt myself, to possibly kill myself with. I was like, I could hit my hand in the corner of that coffee table. I could use the cord from the vacuum. I could use all this stuff. And that's the only thing I could do was just look around. And I was sweating and I was crying. I, I was just like, just a mess. And then I was like, I, I was just sitting there. I couldn't do anything. And then Carly walked out and she, she had, smile on her face because she's always so cheerful and she saw me and her face just dropped and she was like, are you okay? And I, I couldn't do anything and I couldn't even like shake or nod my head and she just stood there for a second. She's like, I don't know what to do. She didn't say that, but she was just like, and then she came over to me and sat next to me and just squeezed me for so long and I don't know, I was shaking. Did you feel me shaking? I was shaking and I was so stiff I couldn't like, I couldn't move. There was nothing I could do. And then after, like, five minutes for trying to uh, get the answer out of me or do something, she was just squeezing me, and then I melted into her and started sobbing. And then, um, I don't remember, did you go upstairs to get her, or did Mom just come downstairs? No, you guys didn't tell me until the next morning. I'm really? S- I still haven't forgiven you for that. We <laughs> oh. <laughs> just all handled it downstairs, and I wasn't told until the next morning. <laughs> Did you know? What? That night? Was she did there? you get Hannah? Or was it just the two know. of you? What night are you talking about? I thought the night of her very first breakdown. When we had took her to the therapist the next day, I found Oh, yeah. I yeah. was in your... Okay. Yes. Because I remember Carly saw me in the bathroom and she was like, you need to go talk to Maddie. Because you went to your bed and you weren't mm-hmm. talking and Carly was like, go check on Maddie. And I was like, oh. okay. So I went in there and she wasn't really talking, so I went to my bed and then I kind of, I just reached over and I held her hand. And I could feel her crying, but she wasn't saying anything. We just held hands for a while, and then I asked if I could go to her bed, so I did. And then she broke down, and I... I'm the one who told you, right? I was like, get Maddie somewhere. Yeah, that the next morning. Yeah, you guys toughed it out all night instead of coming to get me. Yeah. Was, like, I think I told night. you not to, didn't I? Probably, because you don't want to hurt yeah. anybody out. <laughs> yeah, I thought I remember someone coming downstairs, but I guess not. So I just melted into her and just started sobbing. And just like letting everything out, I was like, I can move again, you know, <laughs> that's good. And after we sat there for another five minutes of me openly sobbing, I was exhausted and she really wanted me to talk and I was just like, I can't cry, I'm so tired, I need to go to bed. She was like, okay, she walked me to bed and made sure that I got there and then obviously told Hannah. Hannah came in and she tried to give me a talk to and I... I wouldn't, and then I remember her holding my hand, and then she quietly whispered after a while, are you still awake? And I went, yeah. She said, can I come snuggle with you? And I said, yeah. And so she came over, and I started sobbing again. And for like, man, I don't even know how long. 
we slept, we snuggled in the same bed for so long. The only reason that we stopped snuggling was because I got sick one time, started throwing up really bad, and she was like, I want to sleep with you. That night or every night after that Every night, night after that night, yeah. yeah. We slept together for like a month or two. Yeah, we kind of didn't Multiple let Maddie months. be alone for a yeah. long time. <laughs> the next day, I didn't even try to get up. And I was like, I'm going to get up. And I was like, okay. I was like, I'm not getting up. I went to sleep and I don't, I don't know when she told you, but the next time that I saw you, you came in and you were holding Rocky, the stuffed animal you got me as a little dog stuffed animal, and a drink. And you were like, hey, wake up. I got you these things. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Thanks, Mom. And you're like, I have a new therapy, I mean, therapy appointment for you today. And I was like, ooh. That happened. <laughs> yeah, it was it was code red time. Yeah, we'd been trying to to handle it at home, but that was obviously over my head. Well, and you've been trying to get her into therapy for. I had. I had been, been, been looking for yeah. and I for months. We've been like, we need to get into therapy, and you did. You looked, and there was just really nowhere. Yeah. So the place I found was we had to switch out from them because of our insurance problems. But she sucked. Yeah, she was good. But. She was. I told her about the the Mormon policy and I think she was was she religious Hannah? I don't know. Because I remember her like telling me like the same things. Like, yeah, you can be just don't act on it. Like the Gosh. same things. And I was like, You're not helping me. <laughs> yeah, it's very important for anyone listening in this situation to find an LGBT friendly therapist. And not even just friendly, but someone who just yeah. totally gets it. So we didn't, and that was, you know, there were many months to go still of you in that very, very dark. You got into the doctor on antidepressants, but which didn't help. Yeah, which we found out were very bad for bipolar. That made it worse and harder. So I, I would like to back up just a little, if we might, and if Carly is willing to. To talk about that night in your own view and words. I mean, do you remember feelings? And we don't necessarily need the story, but how did it feel? And how how do you feel now? And are, are you comfortable talking about that? Anything. I don't even think at that point I knew she had depression. Because was that before or after we went to Disneyland? That was right after. Right after. Okay, then I did. But I like. I just didn't know how bad it was at all. I don't think any of us did. <laughs> also, now that you mentioned that, it was another one of those times, like with the Tatana for the Dan Phil thing, where I was like, I'm going to wait till after this night to do that. That was a thing, too. Every time that I was sad, I was like, wait till Disneyland. Wait till Disneyland. Yeah. So when we got back, that's another reason why I was like thinking all that stuff. Just because I didn't have anything big to look forward to again. Oh my god. <laughs> we are just. Because there were. You know, after that policy came out, there were 30 something teenage suicides in Utah in like a three month period from November to February. We're just very blessed. And very sorry for all those who aren't. What? <laughs> I think, I don't know, probably, probably, I don't know how much you want to talk about that, but I know that that shook you to your core that night. 
You actually did save my life. She said it. <laughs> so, thank you. Colleen? Yeah. You want to say anything? Harry, I think, because I don't think I had ever seen you like that. Ever. I knew, I guess I knew that she had depression and for a long time. I just thought that, like, you know, you helped her and stuff. You know, like, she got better. And then I was like, oh, she still has this. Okay. And then the next day, you know, at school was horrible. I worried about you all day. I was like, did you know that that's what was happening? Like, that's why I was crying because I was like looking around the room and you just worked because I was crying last night. I was just worried because you were crying. No, I didn't know how bad you were at all. And it was scary. And I don't know. I like felt good that I was there to comfort her, but it was, it was, it was scary. I mean, I don't even know what else to say. Yeah. I, we just didn't know. We didn't know why. And it was another six months before you came out to me. And because that was in May, didn't we figure out? Or end of April? True. No. So you dealt with it with only Hannah knowing for that many more months. I think I knew by that point. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you did. So we, we talk a little, I mean, a lot of the focus on the policy and, and how it affected our family focuses on Maddie because you still had, and you, I think you still do, have a testimony. And you want the gospel. I don't know how you want it today. We haven't talked about it for a while. Um, so that's why it affected you so, so deeply. Yeah. And I'm actually, I'm actually fairly thankful that Hannah, you, <laughs> had already tossed out a lot of things and you'd already it seems like in a way maybe you'll say something different. But I'm very grateful that that the policy personally didn't do what it did to Maddie to you. Unless you just haven't talked about that. No. <laughs> yeah. It just so. made me mad. It was I was like, okay, well I don't I don't know. I didn't really know how to react and then I stopped wanting to go to church. I knew that it affected Maddie. A lot, and I was very mad by the way that policy of bad members had. It took me several weeks to put myself back together, and I was the other president. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that they did that lesson. I wasn't. That was we were separate. That was with my maid, and I was with the laurels, and I didn't know or I would have. I don't know what I would have done. Honestly, I don't know. Hannah, um, it's good to you. Let's hear your your journey. Well, I guess I could start out by talking how um, the policy didn't really affect me because, um, I don't know, knowing that I was gay was never really a source for my depression because it's not something that I really let bother me because it shouldn't be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Where, when did you first figure out that you were bisexual? That's what I'm trying to figure out because I don't really have any clear memories of me being like, I'm gay, how do I handle this in terms of my testimony? I really don't, I never had that breakthrough, like, because I mean, my whole life I was like, I like girls, you know, but I was like, oh, probably not day one for a while, so I'll just figure out if it comes to it, you know? (laughs) Um, So I don't really, it never bothered me in terms of the church either, because... I don't know. I didn't. I mean, I had already stopped going to church by the time I got a girlfriend. I had already kind of given. I don't know. The church didn't really 
I I didn't let the church make me feel bad about myself because I knew I knew from a really young age I think that that's not what it's for, and if it's doing that, then I didn't need it, so I just <laughs> stopped going. I still haven't figured that out. So yeah, me neither. Proud I've of you. Done it. I love that though. So I'm 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 grateful for that. I'm really glad that you had that presence of mind and that that self worth that that tells me a lot of self worth that we didn't. That you didn't let yourself be dictated and your happiness be dictated by by a church. Yeah. I think that's great. And even still, I don't really surround myself with people who would treat me differently or dislike me because of the way that I love or because of who I love. Like, I just, I don't really hang around with people with negative people, especially now that it's summertime. I don't know. When I go back to school, I might remember how terrible people are, but... It seems like at school people are like supportive overall. Like I don't really get a lot of negative feedback for having a girlfriend. So you told me, you tell me. I, I think I was in a fugue state, in a very fogged mind. But apparently, when Maddie was in the hospital, you told me you liked girls. Mm-hmm. And I have told you this before, but I, I'm sorry that I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, I do not. I don't even care. I mean. Like we said in our other podcast, I'm, I'm, I love that your coming out was not a big deal at all. That when Cassie started coming around, I just looked at you and I went, they like each other. Oh. It was so cool. And then I called you into the, the bedroom and I was like, is something going on with you guys? And you were like, um, yeah. I'm like, cool. <laughs> I remember that. And dad goes, I didn't know you were that gay. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't even know you were gay. Till then. Well, you ask me all the time. No, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, I, I asked you as a joke. Oh, well. <laughs> I thought you knew, to be honest. I blew well, on my hair for a while. <laughs> I just thought you were a rebel. I really only came out to you while we were in the hospital. I think I would have waited, but I came out to you because of everything that happened at girls' camp. Oh, you yeah. know, like, everybody found out at girls' camp. That's how I kind of did. I didn't really get to come out to a lot of people because I came out to a few people and then I fell asleep and I woke up and everybody knew. Oh, because gosh. some girls... Have really big mouths. <clears throat> and I can't say names, but I don't think that's allowed, but. Yeah, let's not say names. But yeah, I didn't get to tell anybody myself, and it didn't, I mean, it didn't really bother me that much, but it was just kind of annoying. And then I was like, crap, now my mom knows literally everything. Because I was in trouble for a lot of stuff, I thought. I mean, I wasn't really, because Maddie went to the hospital, so that kind of <laughs> softened the blow. off the hook a little bit. Yeah, but I was like, I think I should just tell her. Because Maddie told me, too, we were in the hospital, I think, and you were like, just tell mom. Like, no, oh. you came up to me, and you were like, oh, can I talk yeah. to you for a second? You said, I told them. I was like, really? What did they say? And you were just like, they didn't say anything. They were just like, oh, okay, cool. And I was like, yay. I also... Didn't get to come out to a lot of people because of Girl Scout. Yeah, and I still wasn't like comfortable with yeah. sexuality yet, and everyone was just like, "Hey, me again." I was like, I didn't even get to come out to my own boyfriend at the time. Yeah, because it like passed through like I don't even know how many people it would have had to pass through to get to him. But oh my gosh, that's it was, annoying. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> so how you mentioned people? How do you guys handle it when someone makes you feel bad? Um, I just kind of go, ah, okay. And then I just move on, I think. At least recently. I don't know. I kind of... There was a time you, you cared a lot about yeah, some of the I, girls in the ward. Oh, yeah. I kind of... Yeah. That was before that. But you were, you know, you, you have come a long way in that. I don't know. I used to get 
very offended and very mad. But I've always been kind of like a shy person, so I've never like, I can't believe you just said that to me. I was just like, that's rude. And then I'd like say some snarky remark or something. Recently, I've just, I don't just let it go off my shoulders just because I know that no matter what I say, they won't change their mind and that they're still going to be mean to me and so I give them more reason to be mean to me and it's just, well, it's not worth it. It's a lot of effort just for them to get satisfaction out of me being mad and it's, I don't know, it's just not worth it. They're not worth my time, so I don't care. Yeah, it's kind of how I am too. Like, it, it still hurts a lot, you know, but... Yeah, I've kind of reached the point where um I just know that people aren't going to change their minds, you know? Like, me telling me telling people, giving them my opinion, isn't going to make them... I mean, it could eventually, like, it, do, it worked with that, me constantly... <laughs> you know, shoving my opinion. I mean, I don't think it really was me. You guys were kind of the ones who would pester me, and then I would kind of, you know, react like Maddie said, but I don't really do that anymore. Which is no fun at all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even, like, I guess I don't really experience a lot of people, like, being mean to me personally, because, I mean, I hear people making homophobic remarks all the time, you know, and I could drop the bomb, like, I feel, I feel like, I don't know, I don't really look gay, I don't think people don't really expect me to be. So, a lot of the times when I'm around people I don't know and stuff, I could be, like, you know, make them super uncomfortable. They're like, oh, you want to see a picture of me and my girlfriend? Or something like that. <laughs> but I don't. I just kind of sit there and I let them I let them say mean things and I let them feel good about themselves and I just let it go, you know. So my turn. My turn. Um, but can I ask the my gay questions now? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I just want to preface. It doesn't mean any of these mean if they come up that way. Like, it's just questions. Yeah. And... And, and, and then I guess to preface these questions, um, in order to ask these questions, you need, it needs to be someone that you're close with. Yeah. You just can't know the person and know that they're gay to ask, ask these questions. Yeah. These are, these are personal questions, but I asked them previous to this if I could ask them these questions. And, and I did the same thing with my friend Mike. And, and, and so for like, for me on a, on a, on, if I had to make a list of what I'm attracted to, the the number one thing would would be has to be female and so I'm trying I try I'm trying to figure out what your the number one thing at least from your two perspectives is with bi what what's the number one on a bi list bisexual well I've only been into relationships and with those two people people one of them was a boy and one of them was a girl and the same thing kind of happened with both of them where um before like a year. I, like a year before we started talking I saw them and I felt something and I was like I feel like I'm going to eventually be in a relationship with this person and then I was like I was attracted to them I knew that they were attracted to me I think and so it kind of just felt I mean obviously it felt different for the two because it's very different relationships and people and stuff but um it just kind of felt the same way like I just knew that but what would be that number one I mean, I guess, is there even a number one thing That's what I'm saying. At that the top not of the me. list, there's not for you? No, it was just like, I, I'm attracted to this person. I want to, I don't know, I could see myself pursuing them romantically. I think that they're attracted to me. I don't know, those are just the things that ran through my head. I mean, was there a commonality between the two that, that would be number one? What do you mean? Like, something with the girl and something like, with the boy. Was there was there something that, that was the same in both of them? Which was that initial 
and and maybe this is something that it doesn't need to be, and I'm and that's why I'm struggling to understand how you can be attracted to men and women. So are you asking, like, if you see an attractive man and an attractive woman next to each other, which one do you look at first? Or no, like first, or well, back to my list. Like, does the girl have to act kind of like a guy? So does the guy no, have to sure, mm-hmm. I, and, and maybe, but like for me. If there were, if there was a man and a woman and, and they essentially looked the same, they had, you know, whatever, long hair, same body build, same whatever, I, I would, I would go, yep, I can't, I'm not attracted to him. I'm saying, no, I'm just saying I, female. is that your question for me? Cause that literally has nothing to do with it for me. And, and, and kind of, but I, I want to know if there is a number one. Does it, is it attractiveness? Is yeah. It, is Intelligence, it personality. personality. It, hey, they're really cool. Like what makes me attracted to somebody? Yeah. Yeah. What's the number of thing, number one thing that cat that the boy and the girl had similar that made you attracted to them? And would that be the number one thing in all relationships? Boy and girl didn't matter. It's it's not a single thing for me. I don't think it's the I, the potential that I see with that person. Everything about them. The I just know that both of them. So potential. Yeah. The, Could be the number one thing. Yes, because I don't get in relationships if I, just for fun. Like, if I started a relationship, I want it to go somewhere, you know? So there has to be potential. So I guess that there was with with both of those people for me, initially, you know? That could be okay. it. I don't know. And, and maybe there is, and that's what I'm trying to figure out for myself. Yeah. Maddie? For me, right now, um, I'm going through a bunch of therapy, like uh, EMDR to help get over with my abuse and stuff, and so it's hard for me to just like, first glance at a man be like, oh, I'm attracted to him, because I'm generally scared of men, because of what happened to me, and so it's easier for me to be like, wow, she's a really pretty girl, she's pretty, she's probably really cool, then wow, he's a really pretty boy, because I do think that, but I'm just like, he could hurt me, you know? I guess that's my thought process. So my, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like I w- would probably, safety potentially be like yeah. maybe the number one thing on the list. Yeah. And and almost automatically you're going to feel more safe around a, a woman than mm-hmm. you would a, a man. Yeah. And and I'm not. I mean, you're both young in your love stages, and this could change in ten years. Yeah. Or, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with the questions, and I, I think you're just you're trying. And I'm straight too, completely, you know. But I, I think we're trying to fit our straight mm-hmm. mentality yeah. into a bisexual a or, well, I think if they were straight lesbian, there we would be able to understand it better because mm. they like girls the same way we like the opposite sex. Sure. Okay. But we're trying to fit a binary or yeah. What, and, that's not the word. And that binary. was one of the that's things true. that I asked Mike. And, and, and Mike said, he goes, he goes, I can, I can see beauty in, in a woman, but I'm not attracted to that. My, my number one thing is, is it has to have, it has to be a man. That's what I want. And then other things after that. And, and so I think that's why maybe I was able to identify with him in that regard, but I'm having a hard time identifying with a bi mm-hmm. because they're, and, and that's just something that I need to know and then, and then figure out and, and just, be able to understand. And then I think my logical side also, you know, penis goes in vagina logic, you know, my past self makes sense. And so I, 
I'm just trying to logically try to understand. Um, oh, hey, nine-year-old son. Sorry about that, buddy. <laughs> um, uh, mm. Yeah, so I'm just, yeah, just trying to understand maybe from a logical sense and, and maybe there isn't a logical sense to it. Yeah. That's something I just need to work through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I personally don't feel like there is. Okay. I don't, and I think it's important to have a grasp of the different definitions so that you don't make someone feel bad. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but like you said, you can't, you can't just go and ask sure. those kinds of questions. Those, they're not appropriate. Do we want to tackle any other definitions or since these we're doing that, what we, what affects our family? Yeah. And that was my main, my main question. I mean, this isn't a sex ed class or LGBT T class necessarily, mm-hmm. but that was my, my number one question just to try to understand in a general sense, what it was like, what it's like to be by or to try and understand. And that's just like in our opinions, like everyone has different yeah. stuff. I just want to No, that's good. Yeah. Carly and Zach what? have a couple questions for you too. What influence does having gay sisters have on you? I can tell if people, I mean, like, I can have wider, like, I don't know, just because Maddie is gay and Hannah's gay and they both have, you know, gay friends. Was, like, I don't know, I saw this thing and I was like, yeah, I agree with that. Only gay people can have gaydars. If a straight person is saying that they have a gaydar, they're just, uh, profiling or they're just assuming they're just, oh, no. Stuff like that. Like, I don't know, I'm not, like, like that, I just feel like uh, you're just more open and accepting yeah. that they're yeah. like you know, if two people as straight and two people that are the same gender even go near each other. I'm like, I hope they're gay. <laughs> just <laughs> me too. Just because gay is so cool, guys. Right? Um, Zach, how do you feel towards your sisters? Being what? Well, so we're talking about them being gay. What does that, what do you think? Does it bother you? Why did I ask you that question last time? But what do you think about your sisters? Nothing much, but I don't really know. So if someone says, hey, your sisters are, are gay, right? That's gross. Are you like, hey, that's mean, or like, don't say that, or, you know, how do you feel about that? People should not say that. It's normal to be gay. Zach, the other day we talked about, me and Carly, with you in the car, we talked about what kind of boy are you going to be? Mm-hmm. What kind of boy are you going to be? Not a mean one, of course. Not a mean one? That's good. What else? Uh, I don't think I call it. I don't think we, we were talking about how they have a definition of a, a boy that's not nice. I don't remember. I don't remember. How are you going to treat girls and women? Good. Treat guys. Good. <laughs> well, what are you? What did we say you're supposed to look for in someone to like? You said that. Yeah. Yeah. You need to look for someone who's gonna be nice to you, but like who's gonna respect you, who respects men or women, both, you know, and like them, and then who's gonna respect your family, who respects everyone. You're okay with all of this. <laughs> well, but what do you mean? It's alright, you can see. You don't really know. 
What did you think about Pride Fest? Because that's, that's what we'll end on. I think we've covered We went to Denver Pride Fest a couple weeks ago Woo! as an entire family. And we wanted to just end on how we felt about that. Anybody want to start? Ellen! Zach wants to start? Zach wants to start? Go, go, go! Um, so, I thought it was fun, but there was a lot of weird stuff there. Like what? <laughs> like, bees. Bees? No, bees. bees. Really weird furry things that were freaky. Furries? Furries? There were a couple of furries, yeah. Really? There were lots of furries. <laughs> so many furries. I didn't see any. I saw two and they were walking beside me. Oh, people in there. Gotcha. So freaky! Well, let's not hurt anybody's It's okay to be into that, I guess. I'm not going to kink shame you or whatever. And, and he's nine. And he's nine. He's so. a walking teddy bear. <laughs> and he's probably jealous. He wants a costume. No! Oh, no? He's going to be smoky hot in there. <laughs> probably would have be been hot. hot in there. Yep. Dedication. And that's what to you. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you think about it? Um, nothing much. Nothing much? Had fun? Yeah. I'm glad we went. Uh, oh, sad. Um, <laughs> Maddie and Hannah, how did you feel about Pride Fest? Since it was about you. We went for, we went for you guys as part of... I had a really wonderful experience at Pride Fest. Um, it was just like a really positive environment with so much love all around. I'm really glad that I got to go with my family and my girlfriend because that made it even cooler. I don't know. It felt really, really special to me because when I was still, like, just coming out, I haven't hadn't even have come out to anyone yet. I was like, that sounds really cool. That looks really cool. I, I want to go there, you know? And I was always just scared because... I, I can't go, I can't be in that environment because I'm Mormon, because my parents don't like that, because I'm not supposed to like that. And so going there really just showed how much me and as a family we've all grown so that we could all go and be there with each other. And so it was really special to me, and it felt so nice being there just because it was such a loving environment, because everyone was or supported gay people, and it, it was just... Like, I just felt like I could do anything without being judged. Yeah, it's literally people uniting for the purpose of saying that it's okay to love mm-hmm. whoever and yeah. however. And so that was just also really love. special just to be in that environment because, like, like I said before, like certain people scare me, but I was there and I felt like I could wander off by myself and make it safely back to my family without like feeling scared at all because there was just so much love there. And it was... Very nice, very good times. You did. I didn't associate that with you being able to take off and go look for a shirt or something, and you just and I had that normal worry of is she okay? I didn't associate how okay you was because it was the environment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, Carly, what do you think? I I it was a really cool. Just like all the people who were there, there were so many people there. There's a card over there that says. Approximately. It's right over there. I wrote it down. I loved it. I'll talk while she was getting her card. I I felt I it was obvious that it was an environment where nobody judged anybody and I was and, but I did have the thought that if anyone's gonna be judged it was me for looking so conservative in my normal <laughs> 
everyday clothing and the way I look and I'm like eating out. But I was very happy to be there and to see how just affirming and positive it was and to know that we were showing our daughters just truly how much we love and accept them and and that's what made it another reason why it was so special for me. 375,000 people approximately show up every year. That's cool. Yeah, it's one of the, it's one of the most family friendly. It's one of the top family friendly bright fest, so we knew that it would be, you know, mostly okay to go with the little guy over there. What do you think, Dad? Um, it was an experience. I I enjoyed it. I hope this isn't too selfish, but I I went for me to be. It just felt good to to be able to be open, to accept it, to love those that were there. And so I, I went I went for me. I mean, I, I went for my daughters. I probably wouldn't have gone without them. Yeah. Just because I'm lazy and I like to stay at home. But <laughs> but I, I, I went for me. I mean, that's fine reasons. Yeah. Anything else? That's, that's our journey in that regard in the last yeah. couple of years. And that explains a lot about us. <laughs> And who we are today, uh, as a family and church-wise, we are. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you all, and may the hope shine in your darkness. The greatest act of courage. The greatest act of courage is to be and own all that you are. Own all that you are without apology. Without apology. Without excuses. Without excuses. And without any mask to cover the truth. Cover the truth of who you truly are. Who you truly are. Cover the truth. Uh, you, you, Julia.